0: My rock and my salvation Good morning, everybody. It's so wonderful to see you on this gorgeous day. The sun is shining, the snow is falling. It is a beautiful day to worship the Lord. Come on, stand on up with us. We are ready to praise Jesus this morning. with everything that we got. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. is great. 2024 is coming to your city with Crowder. Good God Almighty, I hope you're Coming in. Lecrae. Kane. Katie Nicole. Seventh Day Slumber. New Song. Special guest, Joseph O'Brien. Speaker, Dane Black. As well as some amazing new artists in our pre-jam party. Just a $15 donation at the door. Get your Jam Nation passes and all the details at JamTour.com.
1: Well, good morning. Good morning. I know, that's like, y'all pumped up. Um, no, that song, what he's done, is that, that song got me fired up. Man, like last service, that got me fired up. It still got me fired up. Church, we're here because of what he's done. Amen. Yeah man, that's, I love that. So we're here because we're here for, we're here to follow Christ and we're here because we're all on a mission to, to just understand what it means to love God and to love others right? We're all, we're all on a mission to do that, and so we're glad that you're here. Um, I want to extend a special welcome to all of our guests. Um, please stop by the Welcome Center. There's a gift for you there. We also want to connect with you. Uh, it's in the foyer. Um, there's a sign above it. It says Welcome Center, and so we look forward to seeing you there, and welcome to those joining us online. That video you just saw is for Winter Jam, and that's going to be for our high school students, and so um, this is, uh, again, this is I've been there. I've taken students as a youth pastor. It's a great event, There's um, obviously phenomenal artists. Uh, There's also speakers. Um, It's full of high school kids and middle school kids. And so we are taking our high school students as as a church. And so all high school students go on our website, uh, you have your parents go on the website, and you can register to go to that. And uh, there's more information right on the front page of our website. Uh, so Pastor Luke and, and the high school students will be going to that, and I know they're going to have some fun afterwards as well. So check out our, inf- our information on our website, and that is going to be on the 19th for Winter Jam, our high school students. And then our prayer gathering. A part of our 21 days of prayer is we're going to have a time of prayer and some songs uh, as a church on. On the 21st, and that's going to be at 6 p.m. right here in the auditorium. And so, this is a part of our 21 days of prayer. So, come on out, and uh, it's going to start at 6 and it will end at 7. And it's going to be a really special time of prayer um, as we continue to just pray and ask God to move uh, because that's what this is all about. We're praying more during the 21 days of prayer. And, guys, I can tell you that already we've seen God answer prayers, so be encouraged and know that he's moving, and so uh, this is going to be a really great time. 21st of January, come on out, and that's going to be at 6 p.m. Refuel is happening on the 30th, and I know a lot of you have already signed up, and so I want to share a few things, a little more information. Um, this is going to be, uh, so this is a list of our main speakers. Uh, so Dr. Gary Habermas, if you look him up, uh, he's on YouTube. You can look him up on the, on the webs, on the internet, you know, check him out. Um, but he is the authority. On the resurrection of Jesus Christ And so what that means is that he uh, Is going to give an incredible presentation on, just on the defense Of the resurrection of Jesus Christ And how we can as believers How we can know that it's true And how we can tell, help others Understand the resurrection of Jesus Because for some people And you may be one of them uh, That's a really hard thing to understand um, And so Dr. Habermas is, I've seen the presentation And it's absolutely phenomenal And it did it just really encouraged me in my faith uh, Dave Early who we're reading his book, uh, 21 Most Effective Prayers of the Bible. Uh, That's our prayer guide. So Dave Early will be here. And then Kent Chevalier is the uh, Steelers chaplain. And so he's going to be here along with Nathan Klein, the president of the um, Liberty Church Network, which our our church is a part of. And then you can see a whole list of our breakouts. All of these guys are just, they love Jesus and they want to be a resource. You can see all the breakout topics on our website. Uh, And so what's going to happen is there's going to be two main sessions and then in between, uh, sorry, there's going to be main session, and then there's two uh, breakout sessions uh, in between, and then there's a last session at the end of the day. And you can see that schedule on our website. Um, but each of these breakouts are for you to just really be encouraged, uh, be resourced in your faith and how you can, uh, you know, just grow in the Lord and make disciples and just understand a little bit more about what God wants you to do uh, as a believer. So that is, this is for anybody. This is for pastors. It's for people who just want to be in, encouraged, which is everybody. Uh, So come on out um, and invite someone. You can, you can share that information with other people. Uh, There's a lot of other churches coming and people from other churches. So this is going to be a really, really fun day, a really encouraging day on the 30th. Um, So our website has all the information. Um, There's information in your bulletin as well, um, but we encourage you get signed up. It's 100% free. We provide lunch and it's going to be a great day. There's a lot of little fun things that we're going to be doing throughout the day too. So be encouraged, church. God is on the move, and I want to share with you that one of the ways that God is moving is continuing to just show us that he is providing above and beyond. As we prayed and asked God to provide above and beyond what we can possibly imagine, blow our minds. And so um, look, at, look at this. He's continuing to blow our minds. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> and so just be encouraged, church. $150,000 that he has provided is going out to bless and encourage all of our partners worldwide, locally and nationally. So just know that God's moving and what a wonderful thing it is to see him move, how encouraging this is. Um, And then on top of that, church, thank you for giving through the mail, the offering boxes here at the church and online, um, just being faithful unto the Lord and giving um, all towards the mission, right? To bring people to know Jesus, to grow in their relationship with Jesus. So as we continue on this morning, let's pray and just ask God to open up our hearts because that's that's what we want we want to be more like christ so we need his help lord god we we thank you for this morning and as i prayed last hour god would you just move would you move god would you just break down the walls that are between us and you god there's so many things that we are holding on to because we sense all of our security in those things but God, we really want to know you. We want to know you personally. We want to know you deeply, God, because when we experience you, we have we, we we experience your presence, God. It just it just melts everything that we we know to be true, God, because your truth is the only truth. There is no other truth in existence, and so God, help us. Help us to know your love to know that you are just, to know that you are merciful, God, to know that you are in control, God. That is such a hard thing for us to understand. And so, God, this morning as we meet with you, Lord, as we've been praying during these 21 days of prayer, uh, we've been praying things like, God, give give us success, bless us. Lord, prayers of remembrance as, as Hannah prayed. God, we are trying to grow. God, answer our prayers, grow us. And Lord, that may mean that we need to be humbled. So, Lord, humble us, Lord, because we know that when we humble ourselves, you will lift us up, as your word tells us. So, God, we can't wait for you to move this morning. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.
2: 500 years ago, there was a man by the name of Martin Luther. Martin Luther met, uh, led the Reformation to, uh, to lead the church back to Christ, back to the foundations of the Scripture, Christ alone, Scripture alone. And so, as uh, as we look this morning, I'm reminded of a story from Martin Luther. Martin Luther became good friends with his barber, and uh, as he got to know his barber, you know, he'd go on a Obviously on a regular basis to the barber, not like some of us, right? So he went on a regular regular time to the barber, and his barber's name was Pete Beskendorf. Pete Beskendorf was a man of God. Pete ended up writing a book on the things of God, and so these two became really good friends. And so as Pete was his barber, yeah, the barber, you know, as when the barber's there, he's doing all the work on him. He's talking to him week in and week out. The barber says to him, he says, hey, listen, Martin Luther, would you teach me how to pray? So Martin Luther ends up writing a little book called A Simple Way to Pray. And what he did was he took the Lord's Prayer, and uh, if you if you get a hold of this, it's real simple. He has the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. And then he shows how that Martin Luther would pray. And he just shows, hey, how to take that phrase and meditate on it and pray it yourself. And so he takes uh, our Father who art in heaven, uh, hallowed be thy name, and he goes through this prayer. It's so powerful. But as you as you go through the beginning of the book... What Martin Luther says is this. He says, a Christian must keep his mind on his prayer, just as a barber must keep watch on his razor. All right? Just like that's the tools of his trade, right? He goes on, he says, just like a shoemaker makes a shoe, and as a tailor makes a coat, so prayer is the daily business of a Christian. Not just of the 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 clergy but of every Christian he says prayer is the daily business of the Christian uh, Martin said Martin Luther said this he says I feel like I am a beggar before God I come before God with my cloak wide open to receive much from the Lord He went on to say this he said prayer is the day's first worship service to God so we're in a season right now of 21 days of prayer you know, In the Old Testament, quite often you would see God would tell a prophet to stand up before the people and tell the people to pray. Tell the people to seek the Lord and respond to God. And so right now, we're in that, in that season right now. We're coming before the Lord and we're saying, Lord, we're seeking you. And so I've asked you as a church to seek the Lord. We've asked you to use a little book out there, The 21 Most Effective Prayers, by Dave Early. We've we've given them to you, and many of you are reading them. We have over 500 people reading that book, isn't that exciting? And uh, God is moving and doing some really powerful things. If you haven't yet grabbed the book, they're out there. Take one. If you'll fill out the paper and put it in the chest, you'll get on our email list. And that email will send to you every day to follow up with the prayer that we're praying that day. So you'll have the book, you have an email. If you sign up for the text, you get a shorter little encouragement on the text. So we're doing everything we can to come back to prayer. And we're seeking the Lord. So I want to encourage you this morning. I've been hearing some incredible feedback. I'm hearing people get excited all over the church. People are saying, hey, we're praying. And you know what's kind of cool is we're all praying the same prayer right now. We're praying, Lord, bless me. Lord, expand my borders. Lord, you know, guide me. And so as we're coming together and we're praying these prayers, Lord, I have sinned. I mean, that's the greatest prayer in the whole Bible. I have sinned. God forgives us of our sin. But we have to come to Him and confess and we repent. Thanks be to God. Amen. And so I'm calling the church this morning to repentance, calling the church to follow God. Let's turn our ways to God. That's what God did with the Old Testament prophets. And that's what I'm calling our church to do the same. Let's move toward God. You see, you can't go with God. No man can have two masters. Either he will love one and hate the other, Jesus said. So I'm asking you to make Jesus your master. And let's go go after it wholeheartedly. And so as we're going through this and we're learning how to pray these prayers, uh, Lord, expand my borders. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Uh, Lord, um, remember me. Powerful prayers that we're praying. And I hope that you are not just reading about them, but that you are praying them. And I'm hearing people hearing answers to God. I know in our staff, we've been having a daily prayer time, 10 o'clock, our staff. I shut down everything and I go in there and I put a little bit of music on in the background and we come in and we pray. We've been praying over your names. We're lifting your name up to the Lord. And listen, I'm hearing so much good feedback from what God is doing. I've asked you to pray together. And I want to encourage you, church, get, to, get together with another in the church. Uh, if you're a man, get together with other men. If you're women, get together with other women, and let's meet with God. Let's have prayer—more prayer than we've ever had before. Uh, I've asked you to pray, husbands and wives, pray together. Um, pray with your children. And so for my wife and I, we've been having fun with this as we're praying together. So we sat and said, well, we're just going to pray together. Somebody asked me the other day, well, how do you pray with your spouse? And I thought, that's a great question. I'm telling you what to do, but I'm not telling you how to do it. And I said, well, just like you have a discussion on anything, you sit down and you have this discussion with God about anything. And so, uh, this particular individual was asking me, they said that they never heard anybody, they never, they never heard their spouse pray out loud before. And I said, well, it may be a little bit awkward. It may be uncomfortable before, uh, when you start it. However, it doesn't mean you don't start it. And so we, we, we do that. So my wife and I, my wife says, okay, it's time to pray. And so we start praying. And so what we did is we sat across the table, and she goes, do you want to hold hands? I said, no, I don't want to hold your hand. I want to think about God. If I'm holding your hand, I'm not thinking about God, if you know what I'm saying, okay? So I'm just being honest here, all right? I said, I would have really seek the Lord. I don't know to seek your hand. I already got your hand. I need the Lord's hand, right? So, uh, So we sat across the table, and she started to talk. And she said, dear God, and she just opened up her heart, what was on her heart. And I sat on my side of the table, and after she prayed for just a few minutes, I sat there and I said, okay, Lord, um, I'm going to pray for my wife, and she's sitting right there. God, would you bless my wife? Would you bless my children? And we're praying, we're, we're praying the prayers of the 21 days, and so we're praying, Lord, expand the borders of our of our families. I'm praying, God, expand the borders of our church. And so as we do this, let me tell you, it's so powerful. The other day we were we were going out to eat, and it was we had a late night up here. Had a couple things that I had to do, and I didn't get out of here till late. And I said, well, honey, I'll just take you out to dinner tonight, right? So I took her out to dinner. And on the way out, she goes, I'm going to be too tired when we get home to pray. And she said, can we pray now in the car? So I said, sure. And I closed my eyes and God did a miracle. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So we prayed with eyes open. And I'm driving all the way out there to get my... Haas and right? And so I drove out there and we we're going out there and, uh, she prayed in, in her seat and I prayed while I was driving and we asked the Lord for the things that were on our heart. And we made good use of that 15 minutes to get to dinner and, uh, and I didn't have to listen to the radio during that time. It was okay. And on the way home, by the time we got home, guess what? She was tired and she was right. And so what I want you to catch this is if it's a priority, it's a priority. And I want to call the church to make prayer a priority, to make it not just a priority, but the priority. Many of you have so many priorities, and I realize that in order for prayer to become a priority, you will have to look at something in your life and say, what else will have to change for that to be a priority? Maybe you have to give up a little bit of sleep. You say, I'm going to have to get up 15 minutes earlier to pray, maybe it will be I have to uh, I can't watch as much TV. Maybe it will be I can't play as much video games. Maybe it will be as I can't uh, I can't read as much novels. Whatever it is that that you for this to come up, you pray right now. I'm asking you during the 21 days to pray more, and let's just see what God will do. And I'm telling you, I I'm going I to even encourage you. We uh, the prayer of Hannah this week talked about fasting. So um, I said, "Well, you know what? I need to grow in this area of fasting." And uh, and I I set a goal. I told the staff I'll fast four out of the twenty one days. I will not fast for twenty one days. I'm just letting you know that, okay? But I will fast four out of the twenty one days. So it makes it a little bit awkward. That means one week I'm going to have to do two out of seven days. But I said, "This is my challenge." And so uh, so the other day, I had um, had nothing but a breath mint, a cup of coffee, and water. And uh, and at the end of that day, God had my attention. And I said, this is amazing what God did in my life today. And in the midst of all that day, I saw three massive answers to prayer in my life. God said, this is how I'm leading. I'm leading over here like this, and I'm leading here like this, and I'm leading here like that. Now, it's not because I fasted. I think God had my attention. You know, and when I don't eat, you'll have my attention. That thing is just working and it's growling down there, right? And you're just like, oh man, I am hungry. This stomach of mine just really going at it. And so it was a constant reminder to talk to God all day long. And so I want to encourage you, um, seek the Lord. And uh, maybe, maybe you'll just do a fast for a day where you say, I'm not going to eat anything. And I'm going to just see what God will do. Other people do a Daniel fest. That's whenever you give up maybe just junk food for three weeks. Um, and that's where you say, I'm going to eat nothing but whole foods. If it's grown, I'll eat it. If it's processed, I won't eat it. Not a bad way to eat all the time, anyhow, right? But if I, I'm just going to do that, and I'm not going to have any garbage. And so you just what happens is it just helps you to start to face and seek him. So I want to encourage you to uh, to seek the Lord. Matthew chapter 7 this morning, we're going to look here at one aspect of prayer. He says to ask. And you know, prayer is, uh, a big part of prayer is asking. There are many forms of prayer, but one big part is asking. And as you're reading the 21 most effective prayers, and you're beginning to pray them, you're seeing a lot of asking. Somebody said, and I heard this the other day, somebody said, well, I was afraid to ask. I didn't I, I didn't know that I could do that. They didn't realize that asking is what God wants us to do. God's desire is that you ask. He says in his word, this is God's word, Jesus, the words of Jesus. If you were following along in a paper Bible, these would be in red. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? But you, but if you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, as I go through this passage, I'm not seeing this burden of, you know, Jesus didn't get up and say, you don't pray enough. You need to pray more. That wasn't the, that wasn't how Jesus presented this. Like, He's giving you one of the most powerful portions of prayer. And yet, when you come to pray, you typically have this burden like, oh, I just don't know how to do it. I'm overwhelmed. There's so much that I can't do. I I don't, I don't pray enough. And you take this guilt. Jesus wants to draw your attention not to something of guilt. He's not trying to guilt you into doing something. He's not taking you to just the duty of prayer. You know, like I said, if you're going to add something to your life, there's a duty to it. There's something that has to be taken away, and this duty will take a priority. So yes, there is a, a degree of duty to prayer. And if you're going to grow at anything, whether it's prayer Physical exercise, mental, growing mentally, it's going to require duty. But when Jesus comes here, he's not talking about the duty. He's talking about the banquet table. He's talking about the joy. And I want you to picture with me a a, a big old banquet table. And the banquet table is piled high with food. Man, there's, there's fruits and vegetables, fresh cooked vegetables. Man, you can smell that goodness all there. There's meats, there's protein, there's, there's turkey and chicken, there's filet mignon. And God says, ah, oh, come on into my table. You can have whatever you want. You just have to ask. And that's what He teaches here in the scriptures. He says, you've got to ask. That's all required is that you have to ask. The only thing that's lacking is me and you asking Jesus how to pray. This passage that we're talking about here today is in what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. At the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he taught them how to pray. Because they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now here we are at the end, towards the end of the sermon, and he is talking about prayer again. It's the only topic in the Sermon on the I've told you this before. If I were a disciple, I would have probably said, could you show us how you did that bread thing? When you took that loaf and the fish and you fed 5,000 people and there were 12 baskets left over and all of us, 12 guys, we had to carry the baskets. Could you show us how to do that? Or I would have been like, hey, when you raised Jairus' daughter... Could you teach us how to raise somebody who's sick? we got all kinds of sick people, and I want to help raise them up. I, I, I would have, That's where I would have been. But what did the disciples do? They said, could you teach us how to pray? Because, Jesus, we've noticed something about your life. The scripture says that every day he would withdraw and pray. He would get alone with the Father and he would pray. And so as he would pray, the disciples took note and they said, what is he doing? Could you imagine being within ear distance to hear Jesus praying to God the Father? What did he say? And that's where the disciples were. And they're like, would you teach us how to get a hold of the Father? And folks, that's what I want to take us to as a church. You know, we can teach you how to do many things around the church. I can teach you how to how to preach. I can teach you how to teach Sunday school. I can teach you how to hand out bulletins, how to set up chairs in the gym. Um, We can teach you many things. But the greatest thing that we need to learn is how to pray. Because when we learn how to get a hold of the Father, all these relationships in your life seem to get better. And it's not seem. He transforms everything. He teaches them how to pray. So what he says here, he says basically this. He says, I want you to ask. Don't beg, but ask. Would you say that with me? Don't beg, but ask. So, you gotta ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Jesus himself uses the word ask five times in this passage. I've seen many people say, I wonder what he meant here. Well, if he used the word ask five times, what do you think he meant? (laughs) He meant to ask. He's not telling us to beg. We're not demanding. I'm not coming into the presence of God and demanding, but I'm asking. I'm merely asking. He says to ask, we don't have because we don't ask. And if we don't have it and we need it, maybe we ought to try asking for it. And so today I want to encourage us to ask. And so have you asked God about the needs in your life? The emotional needs, the spiritual needs, the relational needs, the physical needs. Have you have you taken all this before God and you said, I'm going to ask God. Asking God is a good place to start. You know, many people will come and they'll ask me. I get many people will come and they'll say, "Uh, Pastor Ken, what should I do in this area? And the number one question is, have you asked God about it yet? And many times they didn't even think about that. And it's amazing how little you'll need of me if you ask God first. Now, I'm here to help and support along the journey, and so is the rest of the body of Christ, and we need the body of Christ. Amen? I think sometimes God speaks to us through other people. Like sometimes God will, as, as me and you and you and your friends, we're all following God, man, sometimes we will speak words into each other that we need to hear, because man, you're, we're just, that's how the body of Christ works. But ask the Lord first. You know, he gives three imperatives here. These are not these are commands. They're they're not options. He's not he's not saying, hey, I think you ought to this or that. He's saying, I want you to ask. And look at this acrostic. It's right in the scripture. It's the acrostic of ask. He says, I want you to ask. I want you to seek. And I want you to knock. This is how I want you to seek me. When it comes time to pray, Jesus says, I simply want you to ask. You know, children are really good at asking. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> children love to ask. Uh, in our office here at the reception desk there, there is a, uh, the ladies like to put a little bowl of candy out there. And what is really cool is when a parent comes in, and I've been in there multiple times just getting something on a photocopier, and I'll see a parent will come in and they'll have their child with them and they're asking something of the secretary and the little kid is looking at this bowl of candy. And just going, okay, and then what will happen is the, you know, the kid wants it and he'll ask. And what does the parent say to the kid? Say what? Say please. It's asking. Be polite, right? Say please. The other day there was a little kid come up, Wednesday night, a little kid come up from downstairs to go to the bathroom. I have to tell you, this is so funny. He goes, he goes, he goes down to the bathroom and I'm like, boy, he must have forgot that that's no longer under construction down there. So I just kind of waiting for him to come back and he saw that candy dish and he disappeared. And I come back to him and I said, Hey, you know, I think I'm missing a candy cane. Do you know anything about it? He goes, nope. (laughs) He was so happy to have that candy cane. All right. But listen, a kid is not afraid to ask. That's what God's called us to do. I read the story about a, another kid. His, uh, his dad was home alone. You know, it was, the, it was dad's night home and mom must have been out. And so dad's taking care of the kids. And, uh, and so he's got a son upstairs and he goes up to tuck him in. And his son says, dad, can I have a drink of water? So he asks for a drink of water. Dad says, sure. Gets him a drink of water. He goes back down. He goes down to sit. As he goes down to sit, he's starting to read his book. He hears the little boy. What happens after you give a kid water? Got to go to the bathroom, right? So the kid gets up, goes to the bathroom, goes back into bed. Fifteen minutes later, Dad, can I have a drink of water? So being Dad, you know, kind, he goes up, gives him another drink of water, gives him a drink of water, goes back downstairs. He hears the little feet get up, go into the bathroom a few minutes later. Back to bed. He did this several times. And finally, the dad got frustrated. Finally, the dad says, hey, son, if you ask one more time, if you ask one more time for a drink of water, I'm coming up there and I'm giving you a whooping. So the boy lays down in bed. And just a few minutes after the dad said that, the dad hears this little soft voice. Dad, when you come up to give me a whooping, can you bring me a drink of water? And I want you to catch that, because that's what God's called us to do, is to ask. I think sometimes we forget that's all it is, is just ask. Just ask. These are imperatives. These are, these are commands. And yet, sometimes we, we're too busy that I can't pray. God didn't say, hey, these are optional part of the Christian life here. If you're going to grow in your faith, if you're going to learn how to pray, if you're going to learn how to if you want to see God transform your earth, your your world, if you want to see thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you have to ask. Now, God is working and he's answering. He's doing things that I haven't even asked for, but there are many things he's waiting for me to ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. You know, I have that theory in life. uh, just, Just whenever I'm out in life, I've got to ask. I have to ask. Somebody asked me, a pastor friend of mine said, I can't believe that Gary Habermas is coming to your church. One of the authorities on the resurrection, right? One of the greatest, and I've had a number of people say, how did you do it? How did you do it? Well, let me tell you what I did. In my office, there's a keyboard, and there's a computer screen. And this is how I did it. I pulled it up, and I found his email address, and I used the discovery method. I discover every key, one finger at a time. And I typed, and I said, Dr. Habermas. We would like to invite you on January 30th to speak in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So the email went off. And I thought, you know what I thought when I was doing it? Why would I even do this? Why am I wasting my time? We're this, you know, we're not no giant place. We're this little place in Finleyville, of all places. We'd like for him to come here, but I can't believe this. And, you know, I don't know this guy. I just thought I would ask him and see what would happen. And, And I'm going to shoot this out there and... You know what happened? You know what happened the next week? Nothing. I didn't get an answer. And nothing. You know what happened two weeks later? Nothing. Three weeks? Nothing. I got no answer. I got, I, I'm like, okay, God, you must not want Gary to speak, right? So finally, it was either six to eight weeks. I get this email back. Gary would love to speak in Pittsburgh. What time do you need him? You see, you have not because you ask not. And that's that's now that's asking a man named Gary Habermas. You come and ask God. You may not get the answer today. And it may not be in six weeks It may be six years, maybe 60 years. I don't know how God is going to answer your prayer, but I know he, he answers. He says for everyone, verse eight, for everyone Theologically, what does everyone mean? The context, this this sermon was given to followers of Christ. They were already believers and followers. They were his followers. He says, to every one of my followers, if you will ask, you will receive. If you will seek, you will find. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Um, I want you to think about this. Dr. Andrew Murray, he wrote a book called Christ in the School of Prayer. He says this on this, ta- on this passage. He says, ask and you shall receive. Everyone that asks receives. This is the fixed eternal law of the kingdom. If you ask and receive not, it must be because there is something amiss or wanting in the prayer. Hold on. Let the word and spirit teach you to pray aright. Do not let go the confidence he seeks to waken. Everyone who asks, receive. Let every learner in the school of Christ therefore take the master's word in all simplicity. Let us beware of weakening the word with our human wisdom. And this is what happens. Many people, they don't ask. Because in human wisdom, we say, no, God won't do that. Or, well, what if he says no, then I'll be discouraged because I asked. And listen, there's something bigger that God's doing here. God's called us to pray persistently. We're we're making this very personal connection to God. He wants you to pray persistently, to be continually praying. We're to be praying over and over and over. We're not begging, but I'm asking. I'm asking daily. You know, there are things that I'm asking daily for God to do. I'm asking God for some big miracles. I'm asking God boldly for things for our church right now and things for many lives of people in the church. Some of those prayers have come back no. And I don't always understand why God says no. You know, this verse is in the Greek, there's two different tenses there's the aorist imperative. And that means it's an action that takes place once and it's done. And then there's the present imperative. And let me explain this. If I were to tell you, hey, here's the directions to go down to uh, Eaton Park down in South Park. So I give you the directions and I tell you, now at the bottom of our hill there's a stop sign, stop at the stop sign. That is uh, the action that's one and done. That's the erit erit-ist. erist. The, the present imperative is if I say, now, when you go down the bottom of the hill, you're going to take a left, but there's a stop sign. Stop at the stop sign and all the other stop signs on the way. That's a continuous action. Jesus is telling us here, these here are present imperatives. And you could translate it like this. Keep asking, keep praying, keep seeking, keep knocking. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. You see, this is a big prayer from God. Notice how it intensifies. He says to keep asking. Let me illustrate like this. If you were to try to get a hold of me and you sent me a text and I didn't respond, and that happens. Sometimes you'll send me a text. I get maybe 25 texts and I didn't see it or I saw it and I couldn't tend to it right then and I forgot to respond, right? So if you really wanted to get a hold of me, the next thing you would do is you would start calling me. Say, hey, Ken, I really need to get a hold of you. You'd drive up here, you'd seek, and you'd go, you'd say, I wonder if he's at the church. He didn't answer his phone, he didn't answer his text or his phone. So you see my car in the parking lot, and then you come in, and you come down to my office, and you knock on the door. You say, Ken, why haven't you been answering me? Oh, man, my phone was on silent, I didn't know. Now, God's phone is never on silent, thanks be to God, Amen. It's never on silent, but this is the progression. Keep seeking, keep knock down the door. God's going to answer, but He may not answer the way that you want. And this is where we where we have to understand when we trust the hand of God. He's called us, and I'll put this up here. He says to ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. And so. Many pastors are afraid of this verse, because if I tell you to ask God and you don't receive, you may never keep seeking. You may never knock. And some of you have been asking, you're seeking, you're knocking, and the answer is not coming the way that you desire. And we don't understand that. Uh, I never forget the story that Dave Ramsey told, the financial guy. Oddie's teaching Financial Peace University over here, right? Um, Dave Ramsey tells a story about how he taught his daughter the value of money. And it goes something like this. His daughter, when she was little, he would put, take her, you know, give her not an allowance, but like, he paid her to do her chores basically, right? So you do your chore, you got a dollar, he put it in there. And he'd take them, the dollar, crumble it all up, make it look real big in a glass jar. She did this, and all of a sudden, she wanted to spend her money. So he takes her out to go spend. And as she did, she wanted this Build-A-Bear thing, you know? You know what those Build-A-Bear things are? The $50 teddy bear? It's wonderful, you know? Because you get to watch them stuff it. (laughs) And so she wanted one of those. So he goes out to the store with his daughter. I don't know, is she eight, nine years old, something like that? Just a little kid and he goes to the store and she picks out the one that she wants and they count out the money before they stuff the thing and she's like three dollars short you know what Dave Ramsey did Dave Ramsey said honey you don't have enough money you can't buy that today the little girl began to cry and you know what I would have done here Here's $3, honey. Shut up. (laughs) I don't want you crying. No, I don't mean that badly. I mean, I don't want to see my kid hurt, right? That's how we are. We can't stand that pain. Dan Ramsey took the little girl's hand, walked out to that store, back all the way to the car, with a little girl whose tears were streaming down her face because she couldn't get the bill to bear when she wanted to get it. She went home, she saved up a little bit more money, did more chores, and then went back and they got the Build-A-Bear later on. And Dave Ramsey tells this story, and I'm like, Dave, Dave tells it. He says, now listen, now let me introduce you to my daughter. And her daughter comes out on stage, this full-grown adult. He says, let me tell you what happened to my daughter. At age 18, she went out and she paid cash for her own car. Not like I did. We paid cash for a K car. A 1982 K car, right? Listen, he taught his daughter the value of money. There was pain involved, there was tears, and you know what happened? Dave Ramsey could see 10, 20 years ahead for that daughter. That little girl, you know what she could see?
0: I'm not getting my better.
2: Dad, I don't understand. And all she could think of was, man, doesn't my dad love me? And, and you know what? The dad was giving her more love than anybody. Because the kid who would have walked out with the Build-A-Bear may never have been able to buy a car in their own money. And, that, and today, she understands finances. She's very uh, doing very well in life. He set her up. She couldn't see that. And folks, when we come before God... This is what happens. We come and ask God, and we don't understand, and sometimes the pain is insurmountable, and I can't comprehend it. But let me tell you, all we're called to do is ask, seek, and knock. You see, that's my responsibility, is to ask, to seek, to knock. You know, the other side of the equation is God's responsibility. God's responsibility is to give the answer. And I'll tell you what, I can't always see the hand of God. But I can trust His heart. And just like Dave Ramsey took that little girl out down the, down the, down the, uh, out of that store that day with a little girl crying and what it must have done to the father's heart. The father must have, like, like Dave had to have been wrenched inside, but he knew that this was so necessary for what was going to happen down the road. And sometimes when the answer is no for me, I'm bawling my eyes out. There's things right now in lives and in pain and I'm saying, God, why? Why, why, why? And you know what? The answer is, I don't know why, but I know He knows why and I know that His heart is able to, is able to do it and He's saying, I'm gonna take and I'm gonna do something now and I know this is painful. I I just, you have to trust me because I got the whole picture. I got 20 years. I got, I got eternity in mind and God is going to do His work. You see, you can trust Him. So my responsibility, and I want to encourage you folks, my responsibility is to ask, is to seek, is to knock. God's responsibility is to answer. Verse 9, which of you, if a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Why did he ask them? Why did he say it like that? Which of you, if your son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Well, in Bible times, the bread looked very similar to stone. Uh, the first picture I'll throw up here is a picture of bread. You know, uh, there's, uh, my daughter Kara's been making sourdough bread. Doesn't look like this, but sourdough bread. So I've been in, eating that. That's all we had for Christmas was sourdough bread this year. It was a wonderful, right? Many of you got your Dutch ovens going. It's the latest craze. Sourdough bread, right? Uh, the, the bread, homemade bread, uh, this would be the similar size. Well, look at the next picture. This is bread against stones. Is there any wonder why when Jesus was on the wilderness temptation, he was tempted to turn the bread into stones? Think about that. Yeah. God could do that. But it wasn't, a, wasn't what he's called to do. So here's the bread and here's the stone. I want to show you this next picture. You think that's bread or stone? That's a, that's a stone. Looks like bread. Now, now Jesus says, who among you, if you asked for bread, would their dad say, I tricked you. Here, bite into this. Maybe you'll never ask again. He says, you don't understand how good God is. He says, or if you had a fish, if your son asked for a fish, your son or daughter asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? It was real common in Bible times whenever they would go out and they would cast their nets and they would pull in the fish. There would be these little snakes among the fish, these little water snakes. And would you reach down in and your child comes and says, could I have a fish? I just want to make lunch. Would you give him a snake and say, God says you being evil. And so what he's saying here is that you, even though you then who are evil compared to God, he's not. This is in the condemning verse here. He's showing the contrast. You who do not know God yet. You don't totally understand. You don't understand his character. You then. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give you the good gifts to those who ask Him? And so God's not going to trick you. You know, I think sometimes we, we don't understand what it means to keep asking. Yakov Smirnev, the Russian comedian. Um, he came to the United States, and I think in one of his early acts, he said, Oh, I love this. I love this country. I love going to the grocery store. He says, you go down the, down one aisle, there's powdered milk. Just add water to it, and you got milk. He says, I go down another aisle, there's powdered orange juice. Just add water, and you have orange juice. He says, and then I saw baby powder. And I thought, wow, what a country, huh? You know? <laughs> and I think that that's how we think about God. we got to have it now. I am asking God for bold things. As I read Christian leaders' biographies, and as I get introduced to some of these people that have been leaders of movements, leaders of great things that God has done, they learned how to ask bold prayers. And so today, I'm reminded of this statement, Mark Batterson, he said, Bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. And so I'm asking God for bold things. As I look in history and I see these great leaders that stood up and they said, we're going to see God do this. You know, a few weeks ago, I asked you to pray for the birthday gift of Jesus. I, before Christmas, long before Christmas, said, here's our goal of 100,000. Who knows? Maybe God will give us 150. And then I walked off the stage and said, did I just say that? And you know what? I don't have great faith. I have a great God. And today you celebrated $157,000 that God provided. Let's thank God for that this morning. Amen?
0: <laughs>
2: Folks, I want to encourage you to pray bold prayers. But also know that when the answer is no, or the answer is wait, that you're not wrong for asking. And that you can trust the big God. Mark Batterson goes on to say, says the answer isn't up to us. It's not our job to answer. It's our job to ask. Let's close in prayer. This morning I'm going to encourage you to keep meeting with God and to ask. I know that as you ask, and the burden is heavy. That God will meet you there. He says that we're to ask. And you can trust your heavenly father. Just like the little girl could trust her daddy who took her out of the store. And in the midst of the pain. You know that God's got the whole picture. He's seeing 20 years for whatever it is that you're asking, He's seeing a lifetime. He's seeing His glory. He's seeing His purpose. God, God is writing a story and He's using you to write it. And when we come to ask Him and He says no, He says wait, or He says yes, He's still writing that story. So today, as we close in prayer, I'm going to pray in just a minute. And then I'm going to ask Rhonda to lead us. And she's just going to sing a song. And as she sings the song, I want to encourage you just we're going to close the service in prayer. And I'm going to ask you to lay your burdens at the foot of Jesus. If you'd like to come and kneel at the altar, please come forward to the front of the church. There's uh, these steps down here. You can just get on your knees before God and kneel and pray to the Lord. And let's. Ask the Lord. Let's ask him boldly. And we trust him. And as he says yes, no, and wait. He's going to draw us and make us different people because of who he is. God, I thank you this morning. That I can come and ask you, Lord, it's my responsibility is to ask. Lord, it's your responsibility to give the answer. Lord, I pray you'll be with each person in this church, Lord, as we are on a movement and we are praying bold prayers. We're coming before you, Lord. God, we're praying, Lord, expand the borders of this church. God, give us a ministry that will double. Lord, do what you can do. Bring people to Jesus. God, as you answer that, it's going to look like how you want it to look. But we're going to ask. And God, people are here this morning, Lord, I know the burdens are great, the burdens are heavy. There's financial crisis, there's physical crisis, there's emotional crisis, there's mental crisis. There's addictions that need broken. There's families that are breaking. God, we need you to step in. And we ask you for thy kingdom's sake. our service this morning. Yes, let's thank God. What a great God. Amen. As we close this morning, I just want to uh, let you know that Terry Matthews went to be with the Lord this week. Uh, Just yesterday, uh, she's a part of this church for many years. You can pray for Mickey, uh, her son who attends here, and his wife, Mindy, Mickey and Mindy. And then there's... uh, uh, jenny and jamie so she was part of this church for many many years and just went to be with the lord just yesterday so let's close in prayer for that family and uh let's lift them up god we come before you lord i thank you for the matthews family thank you for terry being part of this church and loving and caring and and just uh she's part of our family god so lord we lift up many who are hurting today lord i know there are many that are in pain and overwhelming circumstances but god We know that you are with us. You promised that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And as we prayed this week, Lord, go with us, Lord. So we ask you to go with us, Lord. Uh, We can't do this journey. Lord, there's a lot of pain in our journey, and we can't do it without you. So, God, I pray you'll be with the Matthews family as they grieve and be with many others in the church, Lord, that are going through uh, extremely difficult situations right now. And we know that you are good. You are always good. Thank you for letting us come and ask. Because we know our Father loves us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.